I don't wanna wait. 50 Randy Quakes presents a brand new podcast that we call Creek Chat. Here's our host, his name is JT Mahoney. Oh my god, this is Creek Chat and it's finally happening. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades Presents Creek Chat. I am your host, JT Leather Straps and Crisco Money. And with me, my co host as always. Ooh, you getting that sweet, soothing Chucky B for the finale. E. We need to burn the horns. That's right, or Chuck. whatever that was. That's right, Chuck. Uh, we are here to talk the season finale of season one of Dawson's Creek, uh, episode 13. Uh, it's going to be a mix decisions, up. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Uh, it will just be one episode we're talking about here. Um, but at the end, we're going to go ahead and kind of give our, our thoughts and feelings on the season as a whole. Uh, kind of like a, your standard 50 Randy Qua- Quaid's review uh, without the, the the rating, actually, but kind of like how our likes and dislikes, essentially. Um, and this was... Get rid of Dawson. This was Decisions. Oh, wait, this isn't that part of the show yet, sorry. No, the so part of the show we're at now is Predictions. Uh, you had a couple for this one. Uh, actually, you had five. The first one was that Joey's got to decide whether or not she wants to pursue a relationship with Dawson, which she had decided for a long time but that's yes that she does that's what she wants that's a pretty good prediction that's what she wants so i'm gonna give you credit for that one. Second one is dawson has to decide whether or not he wants to take jen back and he that's not what he does he does you said that he does take jen back well, I'm so glad that my prediction was wrong on you, that. You could tell from the moment. What? That that was like almost a good prediction there at the end. It was close. It was close, but you got that one wrong. Your third one is Pacey has to decide whether or not he's interested in Abby. You predicted. Uh, basically, Pacey wasn't even like in this well, You predicted Pacey does nothing about Abby. And, no, to your point, uh, I mean, you are correct about that. He did do nothing about Abby. Um, I mean, good prediction. He did almost nothing in this episode, which isn't true. We'll talk about that. There's one thing he did in particular that... Yeah, I wrote it down. He's my favorite character in this show. So, I've said that about Jen, I think, like, three times now. And as the show goes on, I, I, I switch back and forth between those two, depending on where we're at. But those two are... Of the four, like take Dawson and Joey and get them the fuck out of. I don't care about them anymore. I just want. I want to watch what Pacey and Jen are doing. You had uh, a prediction here that Mitch has decided whether or not to forgive Gail, and you said that he wants to give it another shot. They don't talk about that at all. Yeah, they completely sweep that storyline under the rug. And again, you've got to imagine it's going to come back in season two, but they gave it no resolution whatsoever. The only reason why. I can imagine it's going to come back in season two is because a seasoned Creek veteran such as yourself is telling me I can imagine that it should come back in season two. And that's the only thing because this show is giving me no reason to think that they couldn't just 
fucking drop the storyline completely as we at uh enter season two i'm gonna say if you consider me saying i can imagine that that's gonna happen meaning it probably happens a spoiler but it doesn't spoil anything i'm not telling you how it plays out i'm just saying no you're not i'm just saying it's the logical assumption that they're gonna have to do something with that because they spent enough time on it already and this show goes on for five more seasons well, and that's what I'm saying, but, like, I'm also thinking, all right, The Creek does go on for another, like, six or five seasons after this, so I was like, how am I not to assume that they also might not just WWE themselves and go, no, we're just going to pretend like that didn't happen? There's no indication on this show that they're ever going to forget that something happened. If anything, they're just going to dwell on it for the whole season. Yeah, that, or they could just, like, stop referencing it all. Again, they've invested too much time, so not important. And we've invested too much time discussing this right now. You got one final prediction, which is my favorite one. Uh, that's what Grams has to decide whether or not uh, she wants to be with Cliff and should put down Gramps to make that happen. Um, now, she didn't put down Gramps. Well, well, she didn't put down Gramps. Uh, Gramps got put down, but by his own yeah, body. She didn't. I mean, like, part one of Gramps' plan is already in place to get Cliff. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, well, I mean, I could go out on a limb right now and say prediction. We never see Cliff again. I mean, I think that's a fair prediction. I'm not going to rule out that Cliff does show back up again. Yeah, I'm not going to rule it out, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and predict right now. Prediction. We are in season two, not going to see Cliff. I hope he's in the first fucking, like, scenes of second season episode one. I'm not going to say a word about it. What I am going to say a word about is this episode, Decisions. And the first word I'm going to say is one of the only bits of trivia that I have about this show or will ever share about this show. And that is, this finale was watched by 7.8 million U.S. viewers, which was its largest audience ever. They peaked right here. So this is the television peak of Dawson's Creek, and they went for an additional five seasons. In terms of viewership, this is the peak. Which says a lot about how much people gave a fuck about coming back for the resolution of the cliffhanger. They got Dawson and Joey kissing at the end and they were like, that's it. I don't need any more. I'm just not coming back for season two. I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm just going to assume that this show ends the way I want right now. This show could end right here at this point, And I don't know if you'd be satisfied, but it would be satisfying enough for me. I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah, if this show didn't come back, I'd be satisfied with this ending because I go, okay, they they wrap up this. The only thing they don't do is they don't wrap up any of the storylines of the secondary characters. And they do treat the other two main heroes as if they are sideline characters to the main heroes and best friends, Joey and Dawson. I I agree with you on the Pacey front here, but Jen gets her own side storyline here completely with grams and the gramps death angle like she gets a major angle that pacey i do agree doesn't, with you there pacey doesn't even sniff a major angle in this all we get is more details about how he's a disappointment to his family and then he does a really awesome thing at the end like but it has nothing to do with any progression of his character he moves nowhere forward so i think we should pay close attention uh especially to how i go 
13 for 13, a perfect <laughs> on the fucking season one predictions for best friends opening the episode. Um, before we discuss that for a second, um, in Dawson's bedroom, no less. I just want to ask. So you, I think your original prediction was every episode of the entire series opens with those two in Dawson's. Yeah, bedroom. that's probably not going to happen like that. But I did get the first season, so I'm really happy. About I just that. wanted to clarify if you meant just first or you did the whole thing, because you definitely got it on the first one, and that's good enough for me. Because I didn't remember if that was yeah, the case. That's good enough for me too. I am gonna go ahead and predict that they will open up season two the same way. Uh, I bet you they're gonna open up with those two kissing in his bedroom. Well, yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna pick up right where that left off, guaranteed. But where we start off here is her jumping in the window to tell him that she can't stop by. Oh, yeah, because it's a, a whole weird situation with those two right now and how they're not trying to get it out in the open, but they are. And we'll give you that sweet, sweet uh, thing. So before we get, again, too in-depth and get past the, the opener uh, and into the meat of the episode, I'm going to give you the breakdown here uh, for decisions. Love and loss sometimes go hand in hand, and it doesn't always hurt so good. Oh, my God. Jen's grandfather comes out of his coma, but the good news doesn't last. As she ponders an opportunity to go to France for a year, Joey visits her dad in prison, and she and Dawson talk about their true feelings for each other. So they do just bring her fucking dad up, like, oh, hold on a second, dad's gonna be in this episode. Yeah, they kind of explain it well. Oh, I don't have a problem with it. It's just like, out of nowhere, season finale, boom, here's another character you've never met before. You have heard about this motherfucker. He's very important, but he's going to show up for the first time. Was it Frank? Frank Potter? Yeah, I don't remember what his name is. I wrote Dad and Mr. Potter. So anyway, back, back to the opener where Joey shows up. Here's one thing. I So Dawson's like, oh, I didn't think you were going to come over and watch a movie like we normally do. I didn't even go rent any movies. We just watch TV. I'm like, hold on. Bitch, you don't have any of your own movies that you could watch right now? Yeah, how does he not have any of his own movies? Plus, if he works at a uh, video rental store, I'm sure he's able to get movies for free. So there's got to be he at just least said he some didn't movies stop by. all the time. He just said he got. didn't stop by to get any. So I, I'm uh, sure he the, does. I, I feel like he's full of shit. It makes no sense to me that he wouldn't have at least a movie in his house. Yeah, he owns Jurassic Park. But instead, he's talking about watching reruns on TV. And then Joey just talks about basically how this is a TV show. And there's a cliffhanger coming. Um, but don't pay attention to the fact that I am talking about this TV show right here. But also, wink, wink, I'm definitely talking about this TV show. Like, this is when the show sometimes, like, it gets too smart for its own good. And I'm like, you don't have to point out what you're doing. We know what you're doing. Well, yeah, they do it a lot in the intros. They do with Joey specifically always but this one in particular I was like come on man like this just felt so well, much more blatant than the other ones and the funny thing is is there's really not any cliffhangers I mean they pretty much resolved the major thing if you they've resolved the major thing if you believe that Dawson and Joey kissing is the end of the fucking stupid shit that goes on in their heads and will make this so much more complicated than it needs to be well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, if I'm trying to wrap up the season, I've got a nice, cohesive fucking ending, and which is the opposite of a cliffhanger. So, 
Um, because at that point, I see them kissing the end of the show, and I go, I don't give a fuck about France because in my eyes, I see what's like they're finally happy. So, the what's France the point thing, of her even going? All right. So, the France thing for me. So, Joey gets an offer to fill in for someone who's going to go spend a year in France studying, which I'm sorry. Fuck Dawson Leary. I don't care if she's been in love with him for however long she's been in love with him. You go to France. Yeah, what's one more year, right? You take that opportunity that's going to make... She's talking about needing to get out of Cape Side. She needs to get out of Cape Side. And she needs to get some scholarships. Need to do this. Need to do that. How, how else... What better way to make yourself look distinguished? And they'd be like, yeah, I took this scholarship to go study in France when I was a junior in high school for an entire year. And, you know, I did this, I did that, or whatever. Exactly. What's another year? Dawson saying he's going to commit suicide like a little bitch? I felt like that was a joke. I know it was a joke, but it's a tasteless joke. Dawson doesn't have good taste in most of the... Like, he, he has some... Like, he likes some good movies. Outside of that, he... But he even, is, he even ruins that by not just liking those movies, but making those movies a, a, a roadmap for his life. Yeah. He makes it annoying that he even likes good things. He's uh, he's very uh, shallow and the opposite of everything he wants to be. And he makes it pretty clear, like, when he overhears the news at school, like, when Joey's first saying it, like, the look on his face is, oh, no, that can't happen. That'll destroy me. Well, yeah, because it's, uh, like, he's classic. Everything resolves around him. And that's why I wrote down on here, like, he's a fucking jerk for, like, trying to guilt her into sticking around for a relationship that he has been, at this point, like, willfully acknowledging and purposely avoiding for three months now, almost. Yeah, well, he's, uh, like... I don't want to say classic narcissist, but he's definitely a narcissist and like the everything resolves around Dawson. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Everything that happens, Dawson thinks he's at the center of it. No matter I what. I mean, it he's is. like, shit, it is my creek. When actually a, a bunch of people live on that creek. Look at how. Could be sh- Joey's creek. Look at how shitty. I mean, yes, he did let Jen crash in his bed that night, but then the next morning just like rushed out on her and shit. Like. Her grandpa just died, and he's like, sorry, bitch, gotta go chase down this girl I love that you're ruining it for me with, even though it's been me ruining it the whole time. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was weird. Well, so, what happens with Jen in this one, it revolves around Gramps, who's just been kind of a background thing since he was introduced in the beginning, and like, this is why she's here, even though it's not really why she's there, but he's sick, and Gramps is taking care of him. And now it finally comes to light that, like, oh, shit, he just woke up. Dude, that's why I wrote down, like, it's, like, the second thing I wrote down, like, holy shit, Gramps is awake. Well, it's the first time that we see Gramps really being tender with him. Because most of the other times we've seen her around him in the past, she's just been doing, like, the nursing side of things, taking care of him in that way. But they showed Graham's like sitting there just having a daily chat with him. Like she would probably do every morning, afternoon and night, like just catching him up on shit. Oh yeah. I'm sure she spent a lot of time just kind of like talking to him and just being there. Even though most of what we saw of Graham's has been uh slightly cold, sterile, sterile, half like racist lady. <laughs> 
they've started to, in the second half of the season, open her up a little bit. In this episode specifically, like, give her show, some warmth. Exactly, show you that she's not that cold, terrible, bitter person inside. She really is a good person who means well, and in this episode starts to show them revealing that. Um, but yeah, when Jen comes in and says goodbye before she goes to school, and Gramps wakes up and says goodbye, Jen, I'm like, oh, well, even if I didn't know that that meant he was dying later, it seems pretty obvious he's going to die later, because he woke up to say goodbye. Yeah. And uh, so like this episode, what I liked about it in particular is... Uh, it gives us some closure on uh especially one of the heroes home storylines with Jen. Yeah, and I feel Gramps. like Jen that really opens up like she can start to do something new and different with her character and with her life after that tragedy happens. She's clearly going to be cut out of the picture with Dawson the way this plays out so like she's ready to move on from that now too i don't think she's gonna take that humiliation and come crawling back again no spoilers i'm just saying like in my gut no that's how i would pick picture too i feel like if anything that could potentially help their bond grow as a friendship because he was there for her Mm -hmm. that night Mm -hmm. even though um you know he did turn her down yeah, and I mean, like, in his defense, he did get kind of caught off guard, especially right. when the person he does potentially love is trying to come in there to tell him that. And he's like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's a hard situation to be in for anyone. Especially for fucking 15, 16 year olds. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is a bitch on the trip out to see Joey's dad because they're going out. I guess they do an. Joey and Bessie switch off every year and they go out to, for their dad's birthday for as long as he's in prison. And see, that's one of the things I actually wrote down as like a main star thing is like, this is just giving us more background information on um, another one of our heroes and Joey. And it's backing up some of our other uh, characters as well. So like Betsy and Joey obviously have a, a big disdain for their father and they they've set up this program to where they're like, Hey, we have to share the duties of like going and spending the minimal amount of human time with someone that is, uh, supposed to be a huge part of our life because it's our father, but we hate him because of like everything that he is. It doesn't feel to me like Bessie hates him. I think she hated him, but I feel like she's come around to the other side of it and been like, I, I don't like what he did. I hate what he did, but he is my dad, and I do love him. She's like, she basically says that to Joey. Joey's, because I don't even know how Bessie is, but I'm guessing 24, 25? Yeah, I, I kind of I, I got the other side of that, which was... I kind of felt like she was just like, hey, I'm not going to waste any of my emotion on this. Like, I've already spent enough of my life, like, hating this guy. Like, I hate him, but at the same time, like, he's there and he's not going out of my life, so I'm just done spending the emotion on it. I think she's trying to get Joey there to fucking 
do the forgiveness thing and stop hating him and confront. Like Dawson says later, if she doesn't go speak her truth to her dad, even if, even if it isn't forgiveness, even if it's just go get off your chest, he's like, you'll be shackled to him forever. And I think that's what Bessie was trying to get her to do too. See, yeah, I, I would agree more with how Dawson says it than how Bessie says it because I feel like at least Dawson's Bessie's on more... the Bessie's on the inside of it. It's harder, you know what I mean? It's a different kind of advice yeah, to yeah. give. Yeah, he's more, he's more straightforward to joey about it that's one of the only times that he is not being like i feel like he's being genuine and not manipulative not malicious manipulative but i feel like he's i always... feel like there's been the the only good parts of dawson really that we have seen is in his relationship to joey and how much he does actually value her as a person and a best friend and everything like that. Well, he he takes the four or five hour bus trip out to the prison to get there. They end up getting there after visiting hours. So they've got to stay overnight in a hotel so they can go back the next day. He gets really weird about sleeping in a quote unquote foreign bed with her, which I thought was strange. I think it was more or less just adolescent awkwardness after he's already come to terms with the fact that he's like, uh, I really like her and I know that she did really like me at one point and probably still does. And this is kind of awkward, at least when we're in my room, like it's a, why, a familiar setting. Why doesn't he just suck it up? Because like she has done a dozen times at this point, she's put it on the fucking because he's a bitch she, and we've gotten that. But this is what I'm saying. Like every turn he could just nut up and go. Hey, girl, I'm in love with you, right? Like, we're in love with each other. Let's do this thing. Because she is begging for it. Not begging is not the right word. She's almost demanding it from him. Like, tell me you love me because I know that you do. Yeah, but at the same time, as much as she's already gone and said throughout this last couple months that we've seen on the show, I don't understand why she can't see that he also is having trouble with it and like they dance around it and they they use the word, fucking word honesty or something like can you be that honest to say to say like well like but here's the thing though she, i hated that fucking thing she she doesn't want to say it to him before he knows that he feels that way too which in reality does not happen until this episode when they get to the prison, she storms out and says, I'm going to France, so fuck you anyway, Dad. And then his dad's like, or her dad's like, stay, tell me about Joey, tell me about my daughter. And he, he just lists off every reason why he loves her. And then realizes in that very moment, like, oh shit, I am in love with her. Like, that's honestly the moment that he finally clicks it into his head is then. Yeah, I agree with you there. That was like the epiphany moment for him and that's what joey's been waiting for the whole time she doesn't want to say i love you and just hear it back because he like feels like he needs to say it or not hear it back because he doesn't he hasn't realized it yet and he's not sure and it's gonna make things weird like she needs him to know for sure before she's willing to commit to this thing which again 15 year old i get it you don't want to have your heart broken by your best friend by going out on a limb yeah oh yeah that's and that's that's the other uh thing about this whole dynamic is they're both also probably like well at like the same time i don't want to lose my best friend 
that's definitely where she's been coming from from episode one and he is gonna have to grapple with now that he's finally realized he's in love with her because he has said a a bunch of times up to this point she's my friend she's my best friend she's my good friend but never ever more than that because he never felt that until he went to prison well until he until he had uh 13 episodes of people telling him like oh yeah the brunette girl your girlfriend your ex-girlfriend right and he's like no 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 that's my best friend well, i was dating the blonde pacey's told him straight up at least two times i can remember like boy you need to make a decision about this and dawson just sitting there going what make a decision about what He's like, yeah, I, I obviously like Jen. And he's like, you fucking idiot. Well, in the midst of all this, Gramps has another stroke while he's in the hospital for testing. And Grams is just like, I'm praying. Like, I'm praying. That's all I can do. And Jen, she went reverted back to being a real dick about religion in this episode, which I thought was strange. Although I get it with all the stress of what's going on. But, like, your grandpa just came out of a coma. Why you gotta be a dick to your Grams about religion right now? Like, just let it go. Let it slide. Well, like, like, she eventually even goes that route, too, with letting it slide. But but she has to be, make a, a big uh, dog and pony show about how they shouldn't fight about it. And she'll be the bigger woman. Right. And, and change the subject or something. But Grams doesn't take any of that bait. Grams just rides on and rides on. She's all like, oh, you, you fucking adorable little girl. P- prayer isn't for god it's for me prayer doesn't change god prayer changes me and that's when you see jen get this little like slight light bulb in her head like shit i never thought about it that way before like she might be onto something there so pacey makes his return in this episode we've seen him earlier when dougie showed up and like was like dad's disappointing you for being a failure and you are a failure and everyone's sick of you being a winner so fuck off pacey basically (laughs) So this is where we also find a huge piece of information about Pacey. And this was real fucking like crazy because I was just like, that's at insane. The, when like, he's how at the ice he, house or when he's um, talking to Donnie? I, remember, like, I, don't, I just wrote down like Pacey tells this story. Okay, so hold on. So it was so that's the first time we saw Pacey. Like right towards the beginning of the episode, was Dougie pulling him over in the cop car while he's on a bike and ratting him out and cutting him down and fuck you. And then we move on. He shows up later at the ice house, which is where the story about to tell goes down. He's like, "Yeah, I'm avoiding my family, basically." Joey, can you get me some dinner? Well, the kitchen's closed, but I'll get you some trash or something. You can eat that. And they sit down and they <laughs> yeah, have I'll get you some rat droppings. Yeah, they said, but they have a very and. It's the first time you've seen them really test this out since the episode where they were out on the creek, like, trying to get those snails. It's like, okay, the friendship thing now. Let's see how this works out. And they have a really, like, good heart-to-heart daddy issues talk uh, in which he tells this story. Well, yeah, he's all like, he's like, oh, I remember when I was, like, eight years old and uh, I was playing a baseball game and it was, like, you know, bottom of the nine, two outs, base loaded, we're down by a run, and I strike out, and you know I go home. And mind you, I'm eight, and my dad is just belittling me, yelling at me, calling me a failure, calling me a loser, you know, and all these things. And then the next morning, I wake up and I come downstairs, and before I turn around the corner, I hear my dad like relaying the story. 
to my brother and him being like, well, at least I have you. And I'm just like, holy shit. This is like, like that. I've told you. I feel like this is a worse father figure than Joey has. I've mentioned many times so far, like, we don't know the extent of Pacey's home life yet. Just hang tight. It's not good. It's not good. And even still, you don't know all of it. But you're getting more of a taste as you go on. That's the kind of dad he has. And you're right. Worse than Mr. Potter. Like, that's insane. Like, and then on top of it, this is your, uh, like, your father's also the chief of police. So it's like... You can't escape until you're old enough to get the fuck out of this town. Because I guarantee like, you that emancipation you threat. Away. No, the emancipation threat. Like he was like, you can bring the emancipation papers anytime you want, and I'll sign them. I bet you that's true. Yeah, and even still, I would be worried about living in that town because I'd be like, I'd be like, the chief of police hates me, has a personal grudge against me. Pacey doesn't give a shit because after this, like, Joey cuts a promo about what she'd like to say to her dad and Pacey's like, well, why don't you go say you it to say him? just say cuts a promo? Yeah. Because I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I try to bring, like, real life or wrestling talk into real life scenarios, but Pacey's like, so why don't you go cut that promo on your dad? And she's like, oh, well, well okay, yeah, well, I'll steal my dad's car and we can go do that. So he steals his dad's car, drives all the way off oh, the prison. Oh, he prefers borrow. I don't care what he prefers, but that's fair. He dr- So it's a four or five hour bus ride. I'm guessing, I mean, you're still looking at probably three or four hours in a stolen car. I would say you're probably cutting it in half. Either way. So let's say it's three. Two and a half. Two and a half to three. Let's go two and a half. Two and a half to get there. He gets there. The same dick guard from earlier is like, it's after visiting hours. And Pacey bribes him with a $20 bill. Well, yeah, that's the difference between Pacey and Dawson. You're he goddamn doesn't right. give up right away. No, Pacey will make something. He got Joey to go there and talk to her dad the way she needed to. Dawson just kind of hung around like a little bitch and then ratted her out behind her back when her dad asked. Yeah. It's none of his business telling her dad how she is. That's her business. Now, to be fair, that was probably the right thing to do, what he did. But I still don't like it. This is probably the episode I've liked Dawson the most. And I still think he's a bitch. Well, so... Well, there's the emotional scene at the fence that Joey has with her father where she basically spills her guts to him after slightly dancing around the subject because that's what Joey's known to do. She's real straightforward when it comes to everything but her personal feelings on things. And then when she feels like she has to dance around it, but then she's like, oh, yeah, we're at a prison and I'm outside talking through a fence to my dad after hours. I should probably split this the fuck out, especially if I do decide to go to France, in which case I'd be leaving in two weeks. I really need to fucking do you, say everything I need to say. Here's a question. Do you really think she was ever entertaining going to France? Or was that just a piece of a puzzle to get Dawson to make his move? I think she was actually entertaining it at first when she first got the information. She was like, here's my ticket out. Do you think she wanted it more I think than she what happened? Wanted it. More than what happened. I, I you cut out for me. Do you think she wanted it more than what ended up happening? Or is she gonna be like, fuck it? No, like- no. She would much rather have the relationship than Dawson because that's something that she feels like could be a lifelong thing 
Hold on, all right, I've got more questions about this, but we'll get to that when we get to the actual kiss here. Because how we get to this whole... There's a whole mess of fucking drama that comes up. Hold on, hold on. I got a few questions for you. What? The Joey scene with her father, like... It was emotional and everything like that, but, like... Kind of seemed like it was weird questions. Like, she's asking her father if, like, he loves her. Well, she starts out by going... Well, to be... Who knows how vocal he was about how much he loved her before all the shit went down. And when all that shit went down, where he cheated on her dying mother, who then died and went to prison for selling a shit ton of weed. Like, maybe... When's the last time, if ever, she heard those words? So it could make sense for an emotionally fragile person who says directly in this speech, like... I walk around sometimes and I wonder if anybody even loves me, which is a crazy question, but as a 15-year-old who feels completely lost in the world, like, a fair feeling to have, and he's like, oh no, girl, I love you, but also Dawson Leary definitely loves you, and she's like, come on, he's like, oh no, oh no, he does, and you better go tell him before you lose him like I lost your mom, although that's... I I can't, I guess, relate to that because I just, I feel like everybody loves me. Because who doesn't love Chucky B? I can't answer that question. There's probably some people who don't, though. Oh, I'm. I assume there's many people who don't love me. But at the same time, I just assume everybody does. So you said? Did you have any? You said you had a couple questions for me. Were there any more? No, I guess that was. It was more or less like a comment. No, that's fair. But while that's going on, Jen, who's just all torn up over Gramps, you know, being in a coma again. She has a little heart-to-heart with Gramps beforehand. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do without you. I wish you could just wake up and make my shit good again like you used to. She goes over to Dawson's in, like, just totally grief-stricken state. Comes so in- this is where I write down on my paper, like, she right after she gets to Dawson's and she's like, can I stay the night? She comes, and I'm like, she comes in through the window like Joey. And then she specifically asks to stay over as a friend like Joey. She even references Joey. That's what I mean. Like, she said, can I stay here like a friend like Joey? And I was like, girl, come on. Don't try and put yourself in that role because you know he's moved on. You're grieving. I get people make, you can make all sorts of decisions when you're grieving hard like that, you know. Uh, Well, she ain't even grieving yet because I guess he's not even dead. But, yeah, she's like, and he goes, sure, yeah, I guess. Because she definitely needs someone to be there for her. That's clear. And he does do her that solid. I'll give him credit for that. He looks awkward about it the whole time. Well, and that's when I wrote down, like, I hate where this might be going. But you had to be able to tell by his body language that he was not into it at all. He was now in love with Joey. I, I could see that but i've had 12 episodes of backstory and knowledge and information about dawson and his character and how easily swayed he can be if but we had just watched him realize he was in love with joey a couple seasons before things were clearly different now i'm just telling you man if she grabbed his dick he wouldn't have had anything to do with it, just like he didn't have anything to do with the simple kiss that she laid on him. I'm saying, like, if she did at the night before they fell asleep. Nuh-uh. You don't know Dawson that well if you think that. Gun. No way. You're crazy. I'm saying I think Dawson would have. 
I think you're 100% wrong about that. I, I just feel like that's the character Dawson has showed us. He's not going to go from 0 to 60 on the fucking first night with a girl who's grieving because her grandpa's about to die on the same day he just realized he was in love with his best friend. No, I don't think Dawson Leary's having sex in that situation, Chuck. Uh-uh. He's got too much to think about. Dawson's ridiculous. Well, Joey decides to row over to Dawson's first thing in the morning, pop in the window like normal, and just happen to get the timing so perfectly that it's when Jen is kissing Dawson. And she's like, Oh, this was so cringeworthy sitting there watching this. Just so terrible. And she's like, Oh, gotta go. And Dawson's like, Oh, fuck. And Jen's like, Oh. Yeah, Dawson's like basically threw Jen off the bed. Yeah, if this were a slapstick, she would have been thrown onto the floor. And she's basically like, you're not in love with her, are you, man? As he's trying to chase her out the window. And he's like, yeah, no, I am. I'm not in love with you. Um, I gotta go. You, he, can, you can see yourself out, neighbor. And he, bolt, he bolts out the window and just leaves her there by herself. Gotta go. So she goes home where she answers a phone call saying her grandfather has died. So she's had a great morning. Oh, yeah. Got got denied again from the guy that she realizes that she likes and uh bada bing bada boom gramps is in the graveyard and then dawson's chasing joey dawson's just chasing joey around town everywhere everywhere all day long just chasing her she's moving he's moving but he can't catch up with her jen decides to get dressed up pretty and go to church to meet gramps which is, again, you're seeing the relationship with the, between those two has definitely progressed. So I wrote down something specifically when it comes to Jen. Uh, her hatred for religion and stuff like that. I actually think that she's ultra-religious. Or not ultra-religious, but I think that she is religious. And she's just afraid of it. Because, like, that's what I gathered as a non-religious person when I saw her enter that church. It gave her, like... It it almost seemed like she was like frantically looking around, like she was like afraid of this place. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, this is uh, this is not how someone who is not religious reacts walking into a church. You know why? Because to me, a church is a building. I grew up religious. I'm not religious. I'll just say I understand exactly where she's coming from in the situation, and where she would a find comfort going somewhere where her grams is. Because she's got no one else right now, literally. Dawson was her connection to the other parts of Cape Side. And now she's just got grams, so she's going to go there. But she was raised religious too. So in a time of, of desperation, of, of longing, of hopelessness, of grief, you're going to go where it's comfortable as well, which is going to be a church for her. So like, and I, I get that. She's 15 as well. She's probably been non-religious for, what, two or three years? Yeah, most. So it's not something like she's been doing for her whole life at this point. So I think it shows a lot of good character growth in the right direction that she decides to go there and meet with Grams. And Grams ends up crying on her shoulder. So she can be there for Grams when she clearly needs someone to. She can't be the rock forever. Grams has been the rock this whole fucking season. And now she needs a shoulder to cry on and Jen's there to give it to her. Yeah, that was nice. I did like that aspect of it. And this is where I think it it leads us to a potential slight character change for for Jen. She might embrace the religious aspects of her life a little bit more. 
That's a prediction I've got, actually, is that she's going to get more religious in season two. I think that's a fair prediction. Um, so finally, Dawson chases down Joey in his closet, like the old days when they acted out Jaws. Uh, there were there were a lot of throwbacks to earlier episodes in this episodes, both in like shots that they made, things that they referenced. Like there were some good creek shots too. A lot of good creek shots, um, and so they and had, terrible soundtrack. They start. Uh, dude, this one, this episode had so many bangers on it for me. You could be Sarah McLachlan's Arms of an Angel, Edwin McCain's uh, I'll Be, um, Mary Beth, I can't remember her last name, uh, Say Goodnight, Not Goodbye. Like, this brought out the big guns for me. I was, ooh, I was loving the soundtrack. Loving it. I thought it was a little too corny. That's the fucking point, dude. Don't, don't you I get it? I understand that. Don't you get it? It just was too much. Oh, it was so good. Oh, it was so fucking perfect. But they start doing the same thing they've been doing the whole season. Talking in circles. Talking in circles. We're just friends, Dawson. Come on. You know that's not true. So what are we, Dawson? Like, ugh, God, we've had the same conversation for 13 fucking Dude, I was like now. watching this episode at this part of the, like, at this end. And I was like, dude, you just got to fuck kiss her. Well, Joey even says we're in the same place we were three months ago. Why should I stay? Basically, like, if you don't kiss me now, because that's what I'm telling you to do without saying those words, I'm going to fucking France. I'm going to do it. And she had done this earlier in the episode, too, when she had been like, yeah, I decided I'm going to France unless there's anything that you can think of why I should stay. But things were heightened now because of the whole Jen situation. There was like things that just escalated to a point where he was like, he had to make his move and he knew he had to make his move and he made it. And that's where we close out on a silhouette of them passionately kissing in his window, fade down from the house in a perfect replication in the opposite direction of the shot to open the show of the house where it pans up to the window during the daytime. And yeah, I wrote that down too. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is probably the best possible ending for season one. Like uh, Dawson almost fucks it up, but at the end he does a classic non Dawson maneuver and is able to like clearly and cleanly maneuver his way to the second thing he wanted to do which was pull back joey and, and kiss her and they you know end out with what you were saying i don't care that we didn't get any closure on mitch and gail i don't care that we didn't hear from abby i don't care that we didn't hear from cliff i don't care that we didn't hear from eddie i don't care that we didn't hear from any of these other fucking nelly who again i'm pretty sure is never going to come back again don't care what i do care about is that pacey got jack shit in this episode in terms of attention to his character and it moving forward maybe that's the point Maybe because he is a failure and a slacker and a loser, his character is just kind of left being that, quote unquote, that for the time being. And it's the other characters that get some sort of movement forward. But it still felt really unsatisfying. And I never really realized it before, I guess, that he gets shit on here and just left there. I kind of like it in the aspect of, uh, like you were saying, where his character has been portrayed as the shitty loser and... Let's just kind of leave him out with nothing other than um, we'll give him a little sympathy by explaining, you know, he's been kind of getting shit on ever since he was a little kid. At least since he was eight. And I'm going to say probably since before then. Yeah. I'm, I, 
Well, Dougie's I nine, don't understand. Dougie's nine years older than him. So when Pacey's eight, fucking up right there, Dougie's already seventeen. Like, clearly established is not a fuck up. I just don't understand how you can legitimately yell at your child who's eight years old for not performing well in a baseball game. So let's let's get into the prediction portion of of where we're going at here. Um, first, we're going to start out with general. Or do, all right, I guess let me ask you a question. How do you want to do this? Do you want to just give me general predictions, or do you want me to give you the three episode titles that are coming up next? Because I'm going to tell you right now, they're not very helpful. Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess we've already made a couple of general predictions. Like, uh, uh. Let me ask some questions of you about the of something then. So, as far as Pacey and his family, do you think we get more of that? Do you think we meet more of his family? I feel like we're going to eventually meet his father, especially since he's the chief of police. Um, I don't know if he has any other siblings off the cuff right now. I can't remember if they mention at this point whether he does or he doesn't. So but I'm I know not, I'm not there's say Dougie anything. Fresh, uh, you know, Deputy Dougie Fresh and uh, uh, Sheriff Dad the Dickhead. I know they mentioned his sister. Pacey. I know they mentioned his sister at one point because he says he was reading Cosmopolitan. Yeah, that could have been his mom. No, I'm pretty sure he said sister. Oh, okay. They don't really um, talk well, about either his, way. They don't really talk about his mom a whole lot. Yeah, I feel like she's a character we'll probably either never see or just see in passing. Yeah, obviously his dad is the force in the house that really fucks him up. So, yeah, I feel like we're gonna get more of that in season two. We'll probably get more of a fleshing out of uh, some of his character traits, Pacey, in season two. What kind of shit you think Pacey's gonna get up to in season two? If you had to guess, just couple first couple episodes, what kind of shit you think they could be putting him into? I think at some point, Pacey's going to get the shit kicked out of him by his father in season two. Okay. All right. Um, Jen, you already hit on the religious thing. I think she's going to be more religious and she'll start out kind of like is the nice girl with the religious thing and then it'll kind of like morph into something else where she becomes a little devious with it but i feel like her and abby are going to become friends in season two i like i like where you're at on that that's interesting that's that's a really interesting prediction um now the obvious question i'm not worried about what you think gail and mitch are going to do grams whatever joey and dawson what happens there they're going to break up and get back together no less than three times in season two. Damn, three times. I mean, there's enough episodes to pull that off without question. How soon do you think it is? How soon do you think it is from, from the kiss here where things start to pop off before they're already getting sour? How many episodes? Two. Two episodes. So by episode two, they're already going to be like, fuck it. Well, not fuck it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, something will come up. Okay, all right. It always does. Well, I'm going to give you some specifics here heading into season two. Um, For our loyal listeners out there, we will be gracing you with another three-pack of episode reviews when we return. Yeah, 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 bring back the three-pack. So the first episode is titled The Kiss. Uh, So that's uh, simple. It's going to be all about breaking down the kiss between Joey and Dawson and, like what it symbolizes 
to them going forward. And then basically, this is going to be a big Pacey episode, I feel like, too. Because Pacey's going to be there for Dawson, like, as Dawson's only guy friend. So, episode two is called Crossroads. Oh, man, this is the Crossroads right here. There's the first Crossroads in the Dawson-Joey fucking episode where we're going to find out whether or not they can handle some hardships along the way because someone's going to be coming back into Joey's life. I don't know who. Sail it's not going to be Zombie Mom. It's going to be the Sail Boy and from New York. Yeah, it could be Sail Boy from New York bringing fucking I told you not Billy to sleep on him. him. I, both, oh him, God, it's a tag team from him New York. Him and Billy going to be fucking showing up and Jen's going to be like, no, I'm in love with Jesus. And episode three, Alternative Lifestyles. Uh, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen in this episode. Let me ask you a more pointed question. Do you think there are going to be any new characters that get introduced? Oh, yeah, there's got to be some new characters. Okay, so are we going to get a gay character? A gay character to add to our hero's collection of characters. Except for this will be a more prominent character. It'll be more prominent than Cliff. Maybe the character isn't gay. Maybe they're bisexual. Ah, yeah, there we go. We're going with bisexual. In 1999, you're going to go with bisexual? Yeah, it makes more sense. Because then they can, like, play on both sides. That's all right. Um, or or they, like, they think they might be. I don't know. It's going to be It's gonna be a 15 or a 16. Or, it's going to be one of the kids that we're going to be getting as a new character. Somebody is some shade of gay. Is what you're saying. <laughs> it's not is that necessarily how I'm saying it. That's but, what, That's how I'm saying that you're saying it. But I understand that analogy. Okay. So. What, how there's going to be some. There's going to be some children questioning their sexuality. So before we move on full steam ahead into season two. Uh, what, what did you think about season one? As, as a whole, coming in as a new viewer, as a, a, a mid-30s man watching a teen drama for the first time, like, what what'd you think? I really enjoyed this show. I didn't think I was going to like it that much, especially considering how much of a bitch I thought the main character was. And then I was thinking, you know what? Maybe this show isn't about Dawson. Maybe it's about Joey. Maybe it's about all the kids on the creek. Maybe it's about Jen. Maybe it's about Pacey. And then I'm like, as the season got further, I was like, nah, maybe it's less about Pacey. But <laughs> uh, this show is definitely about Joey and Dawson. It's just uh, two different sides of the creek. And I think I said it before earlier this season, like they are the heart of the show. But as time goes on, and again, because you got six seasons of it, you do get a lot more of your second characters and attention on them and focus on them. But throughout well, you it have all, to if you're gonna if you're gonna flesh this thing out, especially when we're getting the end of season one, is uh, what I like about it is for the most part it's wrapped up well in the aspect that they could have been like, all right, we uh, we're going out on a bang. We got a lot of viewers for the last episode. We're done. Shutting it down. No more Dawson's Creek. Well, again, they were brought in as like a mid-season replacement, so they had a half a season. A lot of mid-season replacements don't get to come back. They just happen to put together a formula using scandalous student-teacher sex relationships. Um, teenagers talking about sex. Teenagers having sex. It just built this fan base of people that showed out for the finale specifically, and they brought that motherfucker back. 
it's something that I'm glad to have actually done as opposed to just talking about it for uh, a bunch of years on the podcast and having us not do Creek Chat, but I'm glad that it has not only happened, but then turned out to be like, oh, this is actually really fun show to watch and talk about in this little series. So for me, I've essentially felt the same way about the show as I as I always have. I'm just it's again since it's been so long, I, I probably haven't watched this in thirteen to fifteen years. Realistically, it's more apparent to me how much of a straight up awful bitch Dawson is, and I always knew that, but it just feels so much more like, and the 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 more common parlance for it now is toxic. Like he feels like a toxic person to be around. Whereas he's just a narcissistic person. That's not it though. That's not all that it is. Because being a narcissistic person can make you toxic. You can be toxic. Ted Bundy was narcissistic as a motherfucker. That was toxic. Yeah, as I'm hell. not that toxic. I didn't. There's again. There's shades of toxicity and shades of narcissism. There's different degrees and levels of it. And at times, would you say Dawson, I'm like a lower degree narcissist. Dawson, sometimes Dawson's narcissism and complete disregard or thought or care for other people borders on being abusive to them. Sometimes, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! Like, is he this bad of a person, or is he just oblivious to what's going on around him? Hey, I'm not worried about Dawson right now. What what level of narcissism is am I? I'm not trying to feed <laughs> into it. Have you not noticed that? Um, <laughs> Yeah, not you're not Dawson level. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh, I didn't think that. Um, I feel like I'm probably lower level narcissism <laughs> levels. This isn't. A, we could do this on Chuck Talk. I'm really not interested. <laughs> ooh, ooh, catch us on Chuck Chat. Oh no, I will not be your co-host on that one. Um, this season, yeah, that'll probably never happen. This kind of like famous fossils or something, whatever it was. It also made me realize how toxic Joey can be, too, just because she's had a shit hand and she's just a dick to everybody. She's such an asshole to people for no reason all the time. I feel like she just assumes people are going to be an asshole to her. So she's just like, I just want to jump. I just want to get ahead of it. And I don't think she's wrong for that in a lot of situations because that's true, I'd imagine. Yeah, because this town is shitty. But why does she need to be so shitty to Pacey all the time? Now, she came around on him, but it took so much. People aren't going to put that kind of work in. Like, you need to calm down. But it just, but it wasn't meant to be, I don't think, as harmful as sometimes Dawson shit was. Jen could be manipulative, too, but I feel like she was still always trying to be a good person this season. With slight slips back into the person that she was before. And Pacey just did Pacey and was a good guy. That's Pacey is a good person. Maybe one of the only truly good people on this show. Yeah, I like Pacey's character. I, I I'm telling you though, Joey's my favorite character. That I, and I that's fair. I don't think that's a bad pick. I don't think you could have a bad pick, even if your favorite character was Dawson. No, that would be a bad pick for favorite character. I'd say a lot about you if Dawson was your favorite character. <laughs> Yeah, he is definitely not my favorite character. I like Mitch way more. I oh, Mitch! How Mitch had Dawson, I'll never fucking know because it's ridiculous. Because he's an only child, that was the problem. He needed a little brother or sister to fucking kick him in a penis once in a while, and then he'd have been a lot better. But I think that pretty much brings us to a wrap here for season one. 
so until next season, which will probably be next week. Oh yeah, it's got to be next week. I want to get down on seeing. I I I needed more Dawson's Creek in my life after one episode. Okay, so then we'll see you next Monday, and until then, we be creaking. Yeah, 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 yeah.